latest in the Bova News podcast series. I'm your host, Kim Bremer. In this ongoing Bova News Dairy Leader series, we'll be featuring a group of dairy producers who truly go above and beyond in the area of expertise and who have become leaders in their own right. Today, we have Tim Brown and Kyle Demmer of Genosource joining us. Genosource is a 3,000 cow dairy located in Blairstown, Iowa, whose main focus is their exceptional genetics. So to start off with, could you both tell us a little bit about yourselves? Why don't we start with you, Tim? So I'm Tim Brown, uh, general manager of Genosource. I'm a graduate of Iowa State University. Uh, I was heavily involved in the 4-H and junior Holstein Association as a young kid. Um, grew up on far near Holsteins, which would be my uncles, Tom and Rick Simon. That allowed me in my early days to get involved in the genetic side of things, uh, selling bulls to AI at a very young age and also selling embryos around the world. So that was a very exciting thing at a young age that uh, got me into the dairy industry. And uh, now I'm uh, involved in Genosource and ST Genetics. Kyle? Well, yeah, so similar upbringing. I was very involved with uh, Holstein Association National Convention Growing up, um, worked with our cousins. Uh, Tim would be a cousin of mine. Um, there's a few other cousins that are involved with Genosource as well. Um, so it was very close to them at a young age. Um, grew up on a family farm in Piasta, Leola Olsteins, where my parents milked about 80 cows. They focus more on type breeding, but uh, 20 years ago, sold AI sold embryos, and that kind of sparked a passion and an interest. Um, from there, I went to UW-Madison, attended short course, and then um, after college, uh, traveled the sales and shows for a couple of years, fitting, clipping um, cattle. And then um, for there, um, I started working for Alta Genetics and Peak for about four or five years, and then in 2016, um, there was an opportunity to come back and work with the family at Genosource, so um, made the leap and uh, started working with Genosource. Excellent. Now, Tim, can you give us a little bit of the history of Genosource and uh, what you really truly have built in a short amount of time? So Genosource was formed in 2014 by a group of dairymen, and uh, we want, wanted to build Genosource uh, for the future of genetics, we've seen the vision, vision of putting the genetics that we were building uh, into a large dairy environment. We feel that the genetics that we create can compete in large dairies around the world of making milk, um, being sustainable, uh, living in different environments. So we wanted to put a our genetics in a large scale and show people they can compete in any environment that they live in. So that group of dairymen um, had a vision to milk a lot of cows, go on to put a lot of bulls into AI and sell their genetics around the world. So what are each of your current roles on the dairy? Kyle, let's start with you. Um, farm manager, um, really just making sure operation is functioning day to day, whether it's checking on calvings, fresh cows, making sure systems are working smoothly, cows are cared for correctly, um, spend some time on the genetic program, uh, always looking for ways to be more efficient and sustainable. And Tim? My lead would be on the genetic side of it, making sure we're working all the proper donors, making sure we're using the right mating sires, 
logistically figuring out uh, where all the calves are going to be born, um, making sure our donors are taken care of properly, and just seeing the overall vision of the future of the genetics program. So let's talk a little bit before we dive into some of the specifics about the genetics program. Just can you give us an overview of the farm, Kyle, just a little bit about the milking herd production, your IVF center, things like that? Yeah, so we milk about 3,000 cows uh, three times a day. Our production's uh, around 90 pounds with a 4.4 and a 3.4. We have about 4,000 calves born a year. Quite a few of those are due to our large IVF program. Um, We have an IVF facility on site that we use uh, weekly. Um, Our calves and heifers are uh, outsourced. Um, We send the calves to Kansas. Um, From there, they go to Colorado and then come back um, uh, pre-fresh. We do raise a handful of our highest genetic uh, heifers and um, proposals that go to AI on farm. Our cows are fed a TMR rash and roughly 30% of it being corn silage with an additional 10% being uh, usually dry uh, hay along with a variety of other ingredients. We currently rent or, uh, run about 900 acres of uh, crop ground and then we purchase feed from roughly another 1,200 acres. Um, yeah, so we have uh, roughly 35 to 40 employees at one time. Um, And it really starts with surrounding ourselves with a a great team of employees who uh, always focus on cow comfort to make this place go. Mm, Well said. Now, Tim, when someone mentions Genosource, uh, it's easy to think about the bulls that you have put into stud. Can you walk us through kind of your goals in that program and the the success in this uh, part of your business? Yeah, so I would say our goal is to make a more profitable cow for dairymen around the world. Um, not all dairymen, uh, you know, farm the same and uh, have the same management practices. So um, different genetics will fit into different environments better. But our end goal is to build something that's sustainable for people around the globe. And uh, I think one of our key things that we're focusing on now is feed efficiency. I think feed efficiency and eco-feed are the future of the industry. And uh, that affects the bottom line for people around the world, whether you're here, Europe, South America, and all different parts of the globe. And then uh, also, um, you know, we're trying to help shrink the dairy's carbon footprint. I think that's huge for the uh, dairy industry. it just paints a great image for us and where we're where we're trying to help the world. Um, very important. So I think our goals uh, are pretty straightforward. We want to make obviously the most profitable cow around the world, and that's uh, helping shrink the carbon footprint. Also, just make dairymen flat out money. So that would be our goals. And Kyle. To create this level of genetics, you're obviously interested in and developing your maternal lines. Can you tell us a little bit about how you use your female genetics? Yeah, so our goal is to really multiply some of our best genetic lines as quickly as we can. When we're deciding who will be a donor, we try to look at many different aspects of her genomic results as as well as uh, her lineage, different bloodlines. Um, it also depends on what sires are available to make the right kind of matings on those female lines. 
Um, for our own operation, our main goal is to create, you know, the ideal cow for commercial environment, uh, efficient cow, smaller while still producing large volumes of milk and components. Um, we pay attention to A2A2, um, really started paying more attention to feed efficiency, um, some of the health traits and type traits. Um, we've been really lucky to work with two cows who that really have produced the large amount of animals that we enjoy milking and breeding from in the delicious cow family and ruby cow family. Um, their genetics pass through and have been strong through their daughters, granddaughters. So, so Kyle, do you feel like you've accomplished uh, the goals of your program or how does the program continue to evolve? Oh, it's definitely evolving. Um, since we strive to produce Genetics on a global scale, we're constantly having conversations, talking with different dairymen, thinking um, about ways to, things we need to look at differently and how to accommodate, uh, you know, different markets and avenues. And we always want to create efficient, sustainable cows because we believe this will always help along with those of who use our genetics be more profitable and help all their long-term long-term goals uh, going forward. Um, yeah, I would say evolving for sure. Well, and along those lines, Tim, uh, you mentioned the words as well. Both of you are really keyed in on sustainability and efficiency, and we know those are pretty hot words in our dairy industry. Uh, just talking about what you're doing to work on these areas at GenoSource, um, and a little bit, can you talk about both for your farm and within your genetics? Yeah, so I mentioned it earlier. Ecofeed is a um, very strong thing we look at in our breeding program. It's a thing of very, very strong heritability, and it is the future of our industry. And then at GenoSource here, um, putting in a methane digester, which um, should help shrink our carbon footprint and um, doing many things to uh, help the environment. So I think that's very important for us and also very important for to uh, have other dairymen see what we're doing around the world and hopefully they can follow in our footsteps. Now, switching gears a little bit, back in August of 2020, uh, Kyle, your farm experienced a derecho storm. Kyle, can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the experience. Um, something we definitely don't want to experience experience again um came out of nowhere that day and kind of wrecked havoc on the whole farm uh, so three out of four milk barns on the one side of the farm were completely blown in um, a lot of damage to pretty much almost all the roofs uh all the curtains were pretty much destroyed on the barns, uh, the feed center roof was off. There was calf huts and calves everywhere. It was just kind of a mess everywhere. And it was hot. I think we were on generator for, I don't know, 10 days, two weeks. Um, it was kind of a disaster. Uh, at the end of the day, we were just glad nobody got hurt. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the truth? And then fixing wind damage from the storm, is it all, is it all fixed? Because it really wasn't that long ago. Tim? Yeah, for the most part, it's all put back together. I would say the biggest thing with the uh, terrestrial storm and all the damage was we were, that was right in the mix of uh, 
COVID there, 2020, and um, supply chain issues and finding labor to do different things um, was probably the most stressful. Um, it wasn't that you could make a phone call and get it fixed tomorrow. So getting all that lined out and uh, have to kind of give our guys all a pat on the back for um, hanging in there and uh, working around these kind of environments and I guess it tells a test of time of maybe our genetics that our cows could hang in there through it. Um, cows were living under the stars and uh, even had a lot of snow in their pens uh, as we went into the winter and through the winter. So yeah, it wasn't a um, perfect storm by any means of uh, getting things uh, put back together, but uh, you know, with a great crew and um the cows adjusting to it. Um, we got through it and now hopefully that's behind us and uh, we can live into another year. Probably the worst adding on Tim's there and some of mine is we were like 10 days away from starting to chop corn silage and all the corn was flat and it maybe usually took like two weeks to chop. It took like 60 chopper days worth to chop that feed and it was all kind of dying and molding all at once and we thought that was a big accomplishment getting it all chopped and then we had to feed it for the next year was probably some of the lingering problems from the storm and kyle has the herd bounced back how have these changes impacted the herd since then yeah the herds bounced back um at the end of the day just trying to get the cows back in their normal routine um trying to make cow comfort our top priority. Uh, when the storm hit, they were stressed. And there was a lot of a pebble in their normal day-to-day routines. And then with construction and just trying to rebuild it, uh, there was it was hard to keep them in a normal routine. Construction became their normal routine. Uh, jackhammers, quick saws, whatever, you name it. Um, but I would say now they're back to back to normal. Um, they're happy. Uh, they're making lots of milk, and uh, I think our production and health records uh, would reflect that. So, now you've listed a lot of changes in the past two years, and it seems that you're always innovative and doing doing the next thing. Do you foresee any other changes to the farm in the future? Yeah. So on the farm side of it, uh, this um, this year yet the uh, digester will be uh, construction of putting that up. Uh, you know, sources building a new commodity barn to um, hopefully eliminate some shrink and uh, save some money on the feed side of things. And also the, probably the most exciting thing here at GenoSource, uh, going to build a 90 stall georotary, which allow um, GenoSource to milk more cows in the future, um, be able to collect more data that'll go into our genetic side of things. So a lot of things here going to happen in the next couple of years but yeah we're always trying to move the needle forward and uh, we'll see what comes after that now you have accomplished quite a bit in a relatively short amount of time uh, and built quite a brand uh, under the genosource name what has been and this question is for both of you what's been the best memories or accomplishments that you've had since 2014 first and foremost uh I really enjoy working alongside uh, family members, um, uh, raising our kids together, knowing the dairy farming lifestyle is uh, we're pretty lucky to have. Um, another would be uh, like 
breeding the bull captain. Um, he was number one GTPI bull for well over a year of his life, which is very hard to do. Um, we just started having some of our first captain daughters start to cabin now. We're very excited about um, um, really enjoyed the uh, GS auctions. Um, we had a lot of really great sales. Um, and then uh, in the past year, we kind of branched a little bit more into the show side of it with uh, the acquisitions of uh, uh, Caught Your Eye, the All-American Junior 2 last year, and um, another cow sidekick lady who uh, will be a three-year-old this year that we're really excited about. And Tim? Um, I'd say uh, some really big accomplishments, uh, even a little bit before the Geno Source time, which is uh, – part of the Geno Source ownership group. But when you look at pedigrees around the world and you look at um, TPI lists to the net merit list to the high type list, but just the impact on breeding programs around the world, when you can say that we bred bulls like Delta, Rubicon, Denver, Captain, um, and then you go to the show side of things, Delta, Lambda, Altitude, I mean, those are bulls that had class winners at World Dairy Expo. I mean, we've covered all angles to help breeders around the world accomplish their goals. Um, those just didn't happen by random luck. We put a lot of thought into them, a lot of time, a lot of investment. And uh, yeah, that's pretty, I think, a pretty big pat on the back for everyone involved in GenoSource because those, uh, it's yeah, it just doesn't take uh, one person to do those kind of things. So when you put that in perspective, what everyone brings to the team from the person transferring the embryos to doing the matings, to getting the calf out alive, to raising that calf, to putting that bull in the eye, it, it covers a lot of hands. So I think in the big picture, that's a huge accomplishment. And um, I think we got great times ahead and, the future looks really bright because I think we built uh, an amazing team around us from all angles. So it just uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So I I feel really good about that. Well said. And my congrats to both of you and the entire Genosource team. Uh, I look forward to following you as you continue to grow uh, in the future. So as we wrap up today's podcast, for those interested in your genetics, what's the best way for them to invest in the type of genetics you're producing, Tim? So I'd say the best way to invest in them is uh, look at our bulls that we're um, offering around the world. I think uh, I think we feel really proud of all the bulls that we put into AI. We have something a little bit for everyone. So whether you want to chase the eco-feed, whether you want to build High milk, high fat, high protein, high udder composite. I think uh, we cover all angles of it. So I think if you look at our bulls and uh, you can get our best genetics. And I think uh, at the end of the day, our history tells us we don't only just make high genomic bulls, but we also make some of the best proven bulls in the world. And our track record proves it from whether you're trying to make high TPI, high net merit, something in the show ring and um, also GenoSource in this next year is going to be offering a lot of uh, fresh two-year-olds for sale. So we can also um, offer it from that angle as well. And I'm certain uh, people can find you on social media and they can also check you out at GenoSource.com. 
This wraps up our Bova News podcast for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription service. And while you're at it, follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. And be sure to check out our website, bovanews.com, for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. This has been your host, Kim Bremer. And from everyone at Bova News, have a great day.